Good evening, everyone. Sunday, the 8th of August, episode number 50. Who would have thought of So What's Been Happening? This is a pretty special one, episode 50. We, I'd fair to say we did a little bit of umming and ahhing on who we would get on as our 50th guest and whether it was a big deal to turn 50. Um, here's another bike that's turned 50 not long ago. Kaz, how are we? I'm well, mate. How are you? Welcome to the 50 Club, mate. Firstly, mate, do we could we raise the bat to each other? Half what half century. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we always joke about it, but show number one went through to show number five fairly quickly during lockdown one, and sadly, we find ourselves still in lockdown at show number fifty. So, not exactly where we thought we'd be or wanted to be. Um, but the great news is. We are here, and we're still reaching out to people, and that's the most important part that we've uh, established on this show. What's your thoughts here, Cuz? For sure, mate. And look, the events of the last two weeks from an Olympic point of view, the 12 days of that competition, hasn't there been some amazingly wonderful, inspirational things for not only our country but all the countries and all the things that we're going through with COVID and whatever? Absolutely. Uh, Some of those Olympic moments, um, when you see, you know, mid-event, someone stops to help up the next guy um, or girl, um, Jen Lacaz, I'm not not sure what her new uh, married name was at the time, but to to do that, to go over that last jump in the steeple and snap her Achilles, um, just devastating. Worked incredibly hard to get there, gets to that point, snaps an Achilles. Uh, The two boys running the 1500. just incredible, incredible moments. Uh, and yeah, there it's, there was a lot of big, there was a big knock on, on the Olympics, put it that way, wasn't yep. there, whether it was going to go yep. ahead. And I think um, it's just been great for people around the world to be able to tune in and watch that sport um, and f- kind of forget about the COVID bubble. Although we couldn't really, because everywhere you looked, there was a mask or a <laughs> sanitizer or it was kind of a pretty, pretty tough on the, on the Olympic environment too. Which must be hard as an athlete to perform at that stage. The thing I found amazingly um, good about it, and it made it flow pretty well, is one of our guests on the show, Jason Richardson, some of the wonderful work he did is the sort of almost the first interviewer of the athletes. They found a way just to deal with it. It's not an ideal situation, but it's the situation we're in. To me, the highlight for me as a father of teenage boys, listening to, and I I don't want to talk about it now even, listening to Andrew Gay speak last night, the effort of the boomers, Paddy Mills, but he rang his dad and he said, Dad, before it happened, and just to see him, he's tearing up, Andy Mars tearing up, Lisa said, look, he's tearing up, just that's why they had the Olympics to me. Yep. And that's why I think what a success for all the countries that competed. Yeah, and in, in the end, it's pretty sad that Benny Simmons didn't buy in, mate, and get involved in that because that's that's why you play, mate. Paddy Mills yep. was the absolute epitome of an absolute superstar, uh, no doubt. He's he's put he's brought everything, everything. And then not only that, mate, he absolutely killed it in that last game um, when we needed him most. So, um, yeah, not only a flag bearer, but incredible um, – talent superstar our first indigenous flag bearer as well um and take my hat off he was he was the best on the court by a mile um and the respect he also got to as 
from his not only his peers but his opponents. Like Definitely. there was a lot, like even the Americans, and if you look back in few other years when they had their dream teams, and like even last this year's team was a great team, they respect Joe Ingles. They respect Paddy Mills because they're either teammates or they play with them. In, and so there wasn't a lot of trash talk. It was hard and physical, but there was a lot of respect and whatever, which to me, that's the whole thing about not even the Olympics, but let's all get on. But, mate, stop talking. I'm going to stop talking. I'm excited about who we've got coming on. Yes, definitely. Um, look, we talked about, or we obviously, obviously aptly um, titled this show Sun Rising. Um, when we first started, we thought, is the sun going to rise the way it's going at the moment? And do we get to look out of the window anymore? Um, the, glad, the good thing about today, the sun did rise, mate, and it was a beautiful sunny day. So if you got out to experience it all, I know our next guest uh, – had a little potter around in the garden, which was fantastic to see and enjoy a bit of sunshine. And I'm sure our other guest accompanying him um, would have charged up the batteries outside, no doubt, for sure. Put, might have even taken the EJ for a lap, but let's see. <laughs> there we go with uh, show number 50. Welcome yep. to Turning 50, mate. And this is a celebration of Sun Records and the incredible talents that's gone through that place. So let's bring would, up. Would you say it's one of the most iconic labels of all time? Oh, absolutely. I mean, for me, <laughs> for yep. me, turning up at my nana's house um, and lifting up the little record cover and seeing that yellow spinning label, uh, as we quickly showed there, yep. with uh, with the artist's name, and wait for it to slow down so you could work out who the artist was <laughs> if you didn't already know. Um, and then, most importantly, flip it. And find out what was on the B side, and, and that was uh, it was an incredible love as a memory memory for me, and um, it's so good to have records back in amongst our world again. It is so very let's, good. Uh, let's bring up a good good friend of the show. Um, we've got two to bring up separately. Sadly, they couldn't be together in the same room, so we'll work out how we how we navigate this during the night. <laughs> but let's bring up uh, a guy that's appeared on our show a couple of times. Um, first and foremost, and and the other one has just appeared once, but it won't be his last, that's for sure. Um, so let's bring up Mr. Dave Cosma. How are you, Dave? Gentlemen, how you going? All right? Welcome back. Oh, did Good you say gentlemen? Are you talking, gentlemen, talking to us? Yeah, yeah. You're both, you're he, in I know cars. you do like to call me something else. So I put up nah, my long name before. Dave. Nah, no, I'm taking on the spirit of that intro about the Olympics and the spirit of everyone getting along and it's been a beautiful thing. And I'm Cap, mate, you gentlemen, thanks for having me back. It's good to be back. On the 50th. And just on, <laughs> just on uh, yeah, welcome to the 50th <laughs> celebration. Bloody hell. Sure did. Sure did. did it wasn't you, long ago. You, we were talking about show 20. Did you get a chance today, mate? You might have heard in the intro, as and I was saying, did you get a little sneaky little ride in the EJ somewhere today? Nah. Just an nah, hour? I didn't. No, I didn't. Look, I um, I was just too keen to, to, to get into the air and outside on my own without the car around me, and we went out for a kick of the footy and had had a really good day out, actually. It was really nice. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it was good. Um, and the Bombers won, mate, and the Bombers won. We're, mate, we're just going to keep a lid on that, just, aren't we? <laughs> Look at Az. He hates it. Because you, you know what happened the last time Melbourne made a grand final, Dave? Yeah, I know. I, 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 mate, it wasn't a good day for him. But it wasn't a good day for them. 
was a bloody good day for us. Um, That's right. Enough about Great that. Great to have you on, mate. Enough about that. Enough about yeah. that. We get on, get on the man, mate. Get on the boy. Get on the kid. That's it. <laughs> well, Dave, we might get yeah. you to intro our next boy. What do you reckon? Oh, he's uh, he's a, yeah, mate. He's a man about town at the moment. This bloke, he's uh, got plenty happening. He's um, he's a good mate of mine, and the, the reason we're here talking about this tonight is because. Um, yeah, because we've been working together on it for many years and it's a pleasure to work with him and it's going to be a pleasure to introduce him, get him on out of Mr. Damon Smith. G'day, Damon. Thank Welcome you, Dave. Back. Dave there. G'day, Damon. How are you, mate? Good, everyone. Um, what, and what, yeah, Brady well done. 50, 50 years you've been doing that. Is, is this Is that what you said? 50 years. Wow, Correct. And I don't, look, yeah. don't feel a day over 52 myself, so thank you for that, mate. Very observant. <laughs> 50 shows. That's actually amazing. Seriously. Um to think the last year, what you started this in a COVID world in the lockdown, as you said, and you've got your 50 shows under your belt. That's amazing. Well done. It's a great effort, isn't it, mate? That's oh, brilliant. You oh, know, and yes. to add, to add, to add, um, Aaron Cuz, you know, Lovey Berkey, you guys have had just week after week um, artists helping, supporting, exposing. Um, through a time where we've needed that. So you've, it's been really great. And quality too. You boys have shot for the stars. It's nice to Absolutely. be Absolutely. But, you know, there's that thing when you're an artist and Dave and I know it and all the people you've had on the show know it, um, you're doing things off your own back pretty much all the time. And that's what you've done with the show. There's no big sort of Hollywood production. There's no money coming in from networks. And that to me is commendable because – that's what it's all about. That's how, you know, the big things start is from doing it this way. And it's 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 fantastic. Really good. Damien, thank you for that. And you too, Dave. Yeah, well I've got to honestly say, credit goes to the, b- the bloke in my, as I look at the screen, top left-hand corner. Oh, yeah. Aaron's He's a, a ripper. Yeah. He's an absolute um, ripper. And Damien, you coming on, you, Dave, you actually help me and Az and Lovey and Berkey as well. So it's a two-way street. And that's why we... Well, I enjoy doing it. I'm sure that As and Lovey and Berkey do as well. Yeah, good. Absolutely. All right, let's uh, let's kick it off with why we why we put this show together as as number fifty, and obviously the backdrop behind me sums it up. But uh, boys, just your first memory, Dave, starting with you. Your first memory of Sun Records. Where did you first see the logo? How did it first put that little touch of gold into your heart? It first came across my radar being, as you know, it's well documented. I'm a bit of an Elvis fan. Um, So growing up, when I sort of got to the point where I was starting to really discover his music and look into his music, I sort of did it reverse. I, You know, you listen to all all the big hits or you discover all the big hits and then sort of I went back to those early days and was just blown away by that early Sun Records sound. Um, and it wouldn't have been, and so that was my first Elvis slash Sun Records thing. And, you know, I was a Carl Perkins fan too, Blue Suede Shoes, which was recorded there. Um, so, and then probably wasn't until a few years later that that full connection was made with the amount of artists that were actually discovered at that studio, um, and recorded at that label. And, um, yeah, it's, it's always sort of been a, a really important part of, of my musical influence and what I really enjoy listening to is that genre and that, that era, 19, 1950s Sun Records era rock and roll. Fantastic. And what about what you, about, Damon? Yeah. 
very similar to Dave, which is why we really um, get on with this project and and do it together because my parents, my memories are of mum and dad, you know, literally dancing around the lounge room after dinner, um, dad being a buffoon and, and throwing mum around and dancing and it was always to rock and roll music and um, in Perth you have station, I can't even remember what it's called, 6KY I think, but it's similar to the station Dave mentioned the other day. What was that, Dave, the old station that plays all the old stuff in Melbourne? Gold, Gold 104. Gold 104. So very similar to that. And um, it was just, you know, it was all the old stuff, including Sun Records stuff. But I didn't really know uh, so much that it was Sun Records until later on, you know, when I started, uh, you know, as you say, looking at the records and the vinyls and even the CDs that we got, a collection of Sun Records songs. But it was through those people. And then years later, I got into country music, believe it or not. Um, and Charlie Rich, you know, was one of those guys that I really liked. And he being a piano player and he was a son boy as well. And um, he came a bit later. So we don't necessarily we do one of his songs in the show, but um, we didn't necessarily do his stuff right off the bat. But I mean, it's, it is really an incredible label. And to answer the question before that wasn't directed at Dave or I, but you boys were having a chat before and. I do think that it is one of the most important uh, studios in the world. I think um, as far as American pop culture goes, it is incredibly important because it's, well, it's Elvis Presley and, and these household names, but, you know, taking that, that sound um, to a new place, it's just mm. incredible. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. To, to me, I, on my, iPad, iPod shuffle at the moment. I'm listening to Kentucky Rain by Elvis, um, Big Hunk of Love by Elvis, and I'm thinking, God, that's good music. It's still good music. I was, oh, look, I, I did some for the first time and for so what's been happening, did a little bit of research. Elvis, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Roy Orbison, possibly for the biggest rock and roll stars of the last well 70 years and and absolutely and and an extension of the, the question Aaron when when did you come across it everyone experiences at Sun, Sun Records was so important that everybody will experience at some point of their life that will come across an artist that was born out of Sun Records and cuz mentioned Elvis Jerry Lee Lewis Johnny Cash Carl Perkins, Roy Orbison, B.B. King, Howlin' Wolf, Rufus Thomas Jr., Charlie Rich, they all started their career at Sun Records. And, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times that I'm buying milk at Coles and a Johnny Cash or Roy Orbison song comes on. It may not have been the Sun era, but that's the studio that launched their careers. And that's, that's the incredible part of the story that Damon and I felt just had to be told and had to be shared. It's like people don't realise how important... Sam Phillips, who was the man that ran the studio behind you, um, was in discovering these these you know these artists that went on to become household names. Well, mm. Dave, do you know much about his background, Sam Phillips, or see a musician himself, or no, he wasn't just... a musician. He wasn't a musician. He he grew up on a on a on a cotton farm um, and was exposed to African American music from a young age. And he got into audio engineering and, 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 you know, working in radio from a young age. But he bit the bullet in 1950 and started a studio, never having done anything like that at all. 
and 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 did so mainly to record African American artists because they really were struggling to get any sort of attention, and he felt that that was his sort of calling. That's how it started for him, and from there, people just rolled up on the door to sort of audition for him, and and he discovered them. Beautiful little yeah, snippet there. Of he, was a, he was a yeah. pioneer. A pioneer yeah, sure. in so many ways. He was even, not a lot of people know this, right? Dave probably does. We've spoken about it, I'm sure. But he was one of the first partners. Sam Phillips was one of the first partners in the Holiday Inn chain. It started in Memphis. Right. And so he was always someone that was trying to, he was always looking for a way to make a buck, but he'd do it in a classy way. And he was always trying to invent um, which is really cool. He had that real uh, universal uh, appeal to to be a pioneer, you know, the vanguard of someone that is actually sitting there recording the person and then getting on the phone to the DJs and saying, hey, I'm sending this this record over to you. Why don't you play it? You know, I mean, it's, it's weird that it almost works in a similar way now in, in some ways in the independent world, but it's you think about it back then, it's just crazy. It's so cool. It sure is, and there's no doubt you guys have developed uh, a massive passion for this era as well. And I've known Dave for a long time, and and seen seen plenty of that go through his through his blood. So I'm glad uh, you guys got to connect, Damon, and and you've got to put this great show together. So maybe we uh, we play this little clip from the show first. What do you think, guys? Is that all go right? for sure, it. Got a clip there. Nice. Looks fantastic. Sure does. Sure does. I can't wait to uh, Good to get to one of these. I know uh, we'll touch on touch on when they're coming up shortly. Um, but uh, tell us a little bit about the show and how does it how does it how's it put together? Um, and obviously, you guys are the brains brains behind it. But just tell us a little bit about the rest of the show and who else is in it. Go, demo. Yeah. Um, 2010, uh, Dave and I and my friend Dan um, and Adam, the, a band I had called the Quality Lightweights, went to Perth. Long story short, we needed to fill out, play some happy music because my music was a bit of a drag and, and still is in some ways. It's um, melodramatic and whatnot. Um, nice, but we wanted to get an audience at this uh, winery we were playing at, at a festival to be, you know, really to start dancing and get into it. So Dave and I were thinking... Let's do some of the numbers we've done before in his band. I played in his band, so we used to play a couple of Elvis songs. Um, then we're like, yeah, we'll play Great Balls of Fire. And anyway, from there, it just worked out that we got a great response from the audience. Um, and then 
my visit and his visit independently to Sun Records was around the same time. Dave had been there quite a few times. Um, I came back and I just said to Dave, I, I think we need to do something with this idea of just playing rock and roll. So we got together uh, at his place there and just crafted out a, a set list, um, you know, with the idea to tell the stories and to tell the funny stories. You know, I was very lucky to record at Sun Records uh, myself at night, just like this. And, you know, we went in there with a bottle of scotch and um, the engineer, uh, he's worked on Elvis Records, everything. He's just, he's an incredible, he's got a great career, this guy. Um, and anyway, so him and I were chatting all night and he showed me all the secret parts of the of the place and all these great little, told me stories, played tapes back. And I thought, wow, I'm armed with some pretty serious stuff here. And and coupled with Dave's knowledge of Elvis and the rest of the crew, we could really craft something together. Um, so that's how it came came about. And then we we worked on it for nearly nearly a year, I reckon, um, which is different to what we've done with our original music. And we went ahead and um, and eventually it was ready. We had Trent McKenzie come on board with Upright Bass. Um, had a guy called Danny playing guitar with us at the time, right at the beginning, who was fantastic. Um, and then we had Adam and we played our first gig and that was at the Toff, uh, Toff in town, Dave. And that was on the 16th, yeah, that's right. yeah. 16th of August, 2012. Yep. 2012. Yeah. And, um, and it was great. And from there we worked out, ah, oh, look, I reckon we could get into a, you know, performing arts center market. And it took a lot of time, but we did it. And, um, we've enjoyed some seriously great shows and, and, you know, got a little bit of a, a following now and we can go to different places and play and, it's just it's been it's been a one hell of a ride and been uh, enjoyable to grow, you know, with the other guys and um, and stuff like that. I should say that Adrian came on board very shortly after. He's our guitarist now, has been pretty much since the beginning, um, and he's wow. I mean, he does the Carl Perkins stuff and everything just like brilliantly. Great band. Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. That's been good fun. It's been he's cars. He's back. Um, I'm back, and I get to ask the honourable question of boys. It's great to hear you talking, but let's hear a song. All right, <laughs> all right, let's do that. I'm going to let because I know I just can't wait. As I said, when I saw this was coming on, I was look. I'm a big fan of the King. I had a, I had a bit of a chuckle the other day, Dave, when I saw how you were doing your Elvis talking to your family. Oh yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I thought was very enjoyable. So yeah, by all means, boys. Give us one of your whatever one you want to play. All right, should I, Damo? Should I maybe just kick it off? I'll, yeah, I'll do do, uh, do, a, do the king for him. Yeah, all right, cool. Um, so yeah, this is the first song that Elvis recorded with Sam Phillips um, at Sun Records, and uh, Scotty Moore was on electric guitar, Bill Black on the double bass, and it was an old Arthur Crudup number called "That's All Right." And um, Elvis had a couple of sessions with Sam Phillips and things weren't sort of coming together. They weren't happening and Sam was a bit worried that he'd maybe made a wrong decision to start working with Elvis. But anyway, towards the end of this session, Elvis pulled out the, 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 the acoustic guitar and he started playing this song and Scotty Moore jumped on and Bill Black jumped on and they ended up recording this, which was his debut single, a song called That's All Right. Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right with you. That's all right, Mama. Now just stand the way you do, but that's all right. 
That's alright. That's alright now, Mama. And then when you do, well, Mama, she don't told me, Papa don't told me too. Some that girl you fooled her with, she ain't no good to you, but that's alright. That's alright. That's alright now, Mama. And anyway, this is where our wonderful guitarist Adrian will play a wonderful lead break. Cosma, you are the king. No, not quite, buddy. Not quite. That's not just a that's not just a little gentle clap for you, Dave. That's uh, obviously a, a big clap for the king and what he's yeah. uh, he's been able to give us and still yep. giving us to that to today. Giving. And and unfortunately, Damo Damo makes a, a good point of this when we talk about um, that. You know, he's kind of bit of a, a a mcdonald's thing when it comes to music elvis he's just he's just done he's just gone that far and he's become that big that over pop culture and over time and over saturation you know we forget and that's what we love about the show is that this this moment in elvis's career this moment in 1954 was the most prolific of his career it was the moment that went on to in spot, you know, as much as Kentucky Rain, and that that's a fantastic song, and that session there is a really amazing session. But everything that he did after Sun Records wasn't that inspiring, you know what I mean? It was good, and it fed it fed the masses, and you know, cool songs and everything, and fun. But in terms of raw, unbridled material that influenced people, it was what he did at Sun Records that year, that year and a half. That's where it happened. That's the stuff that the Beatles heard and went, my God, who's yeah. this? You know, how good and inspired people thereafter. That well, moment. So, cool so that's what we love. Like. We were talking the other day, Dave and I, um, about the fact that Elvis went on and he surrounded himself with quality musicians and, you know, fantastic songwriters in the way that he would choose these songs and they would choose the songs for him. Um, great songs uh, most of the time towards the end. And it's easy to say, well, yeah, Elvis, you know, he had all these guys around him and whatnot. Um, but when you hark back to this period, to that Sun Records time, it is him in front of a mic. And as much as he's got Bill Black and, you know, and Scotty Moore on guitar, 
it is Elvis driving that. There's no one else driving that. He's the pilot. And that's pretty incredible because we even say, you know, that he's not, he's not the greatest musician in the world and, and blah, blah, blah. But he, in, in so many ways, he's actually incredible. When you go back to that initial um, studio session, you can hear it. It's, it's like the Jerry Lee and the rest of them, you know, Sam was able to capture this unbridled sort of vibe in the room, which is a little bit messy when you listen to it now. But Mystery Train, for an example, I mean, what a killer song. And you can't get a better recording of it, no matter how many incredible musicians you get on it with Elvis. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's fascinating. That's, that's the original uh, Sun Records mic, a picture of it. Um, and that picture was taken by Damon Smith. Yeah, when I went to Sun there. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. So that's, that, that's, that's the mic that Elvis would have sang into. I, I mean, might sign that for you, Dave. Next time I sign yeah. it. Do that. Damien, how... <laughs> I've never traveled, I've been overseas, but I've never been to America, but to go to somewhere like that and get, how amazing was that for you as a musician? I, I love how you preface that, you know, as a musician, it was great because it wasn't so much as a, a Sun Records fan because at that point I wasn't really, I've read all the books now about Sun Records and about individual artists. And But before then, when I got there, 2011, um, 10 years ago, I, you know, I knew a bit about it, but it was as a musician. So it's, it was incredible to be there and just to, to be in the room and look around. You see all the other people, you know, that are Elvis fans. It's all about Elvis. And they say, there's the X that marks the spot where that mic was and where he still built the bass player played. And you think that's all great. But um, when you hear the stories of other people going in there and people that you've never heard of that could have had great career, uh, careers, but but, but but didn't, you know, there is a lot of incredible talent that's gone through that door. And um, so to stand there and to actually play there and have now in my own studio those sessions that I've never released, I was I, I had all these songs I wanted to do, but I couldn't really concentrate. You know, I was just in there. I was just bubbling with energy. And all I wanted to do was just drink a scotch and hear these stories, you know, and why my <laughs> wife filmed it. And it was, it was bloody fantastic. It really was. And it's incredible, it's, it, even just that in itself. It's it's a it's a square room, you know. It's like mm. you ex sometimes you expect this. It's a room. You expect this mecca, but you walk in there, you know. And for a period of time in the seventies, it was a scuba diving shop, you know. And they they went back and saved them. They thought, my God, we've got to preserve this. Yeah, let's not ruin this. Um, well, those those tiles like, weren't on there. They they removed the tiles for the for the shop, the scuba shop. So yeah. you go in there and you do think, oh, this is fantastic, nostalgic, isn't it? Look at the tiles. But we don't know really if they're the right tiles, let's be frank. But what they did do is they got it back and restored it. But yeah, yeah, he's yeah, right. Yeah. It became this other thing. The one, the one thing I, I like to claim is that when I went back into the control room there, I actually asked if I could use a toilet. And Matt, the engineer at the time, said, of course you can, mate. And so while I'm in there, he comes up to the door and he was this cool cat. And he's like, hey, man, I thought I'd yeah, just let you know that, you know, Elvis took a shit on there, man. And <laughs> he was, I'm thinking, okay. And then he told me all these other stories that had happened in there and that they'd spoken about it in this toilet. And I thought, now that's an experience that the average, you know, tourist doesn't get to actually go in and have a crap or, <laughs> or a pee on the toilet that the actual throne, <laughs> King's throne. How Strange funny is that? You, both you and Dave Damon said about that. It's like when I went. To, it was lucky enough to go to Paris. You, you speak about from an art perspective, the Mona Lisa, 
and you go to the Louvre, yeah. you think it's going to be the biggest picture of all time. Yeah. And it's yeah. about the size of the boxes that we're looking at now. Yeah. Now, I'm not an artist of any, maybe a bullshit artist, put up a swear thing as. <laughs> but that's why I love speaking Thanks. to you. To, yeah. Like, that, that's your mecca to go to that. So, to me, that I would love, I'd love listening to Elvis, but to go where he did his craft. And as you both said, Started his craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, was the yeah. beginning, and not just him, but yeah, yeah. then you start thinking Others, of Johnny, yep. Johnny Cash stood in this in this spot, and so did Roy Orbison, and so did BB King, and so did. It's Hell just it's it's really yeah. mind blowing. It really, really is. It really is. Sure is, and I think that's a good segue into discussing who the next the next artist is, and and I think we might put it over to Damon to uh, Damon. to take us for the next one. <laughs> yeah, sure. So Thank you. Got you. Us, um, mate. Well, I don't know, I was thinking just before what I should do, but because we talk about Carl Perkins, um, you know, I might do a Carl Perkins song done by Jerry Lee, which is Matchbox Blues. Jeez, he's quick on the Carl Perkins. Well, Carl Perkins. Oh, he's he's bang, on the screen. <laughs> Guilty. There you go. He's quick. No, I, I just have to name, I should name like a, a person you don't expect and see how quick you can get that up on the screen. You know, when Prince, <laughs> when Prince, the music guy, walked yeah. into Sunrex, see, it's not up on the screen. No, no, it's no, Prince no, Prince, Prince, no Prince. Prince Charles. Yeah. Damien, Prince I, Charles. I, I John you, as <laughs> is very quick. I'm not the technology, as is pretty quick though. So we can get yeah, things up pretty good. quick. So. I can, well, he's, I he's actually, bring, I, you could be I anywhere, bring this guy up. You could be yeah, anywhere, but that's that's good advert that's good adver, adver, advertisement for the EJ that's session. Right. That's what yeah, you no, get. Oh, for sure. Not making well, it about so me, Karen. Aaron. <laughs> Maybe All right, Kaz. We'll bring you back so in Carl, a second. So Carl Perkins, right? Where's he going? Carl Perkins. Um, he had Jerry Lee as a piano player, so that's why I think it's important to do this. And Carl Perkins's version of Matchbox which is an old song that I've always loved. And I heard that years ago. Um, the idea of Matchbox Blues just kills me because it's someone saying, you know, I'm thinking, would a Matchbox hold my clothes? Which is basically saying I have two thirds of nothing right now. You know, and, and I just think that's the most beautiful lyric, really. And so Carl Perkins did it and he did it like on a guitar. He did it like this. All quick, right? And that's the way we do it in the show. But then Jerry Lee Lewis, who played piano with him, he did his own version. So I'll do that for you now. Stop talking, Damon, and play Jerry Lee Lewis's version of Matchbox. Thank you. 
that version of it which is really swings doesn't it it's really it's sexy it's great sure does that's um, that just to, just to interject that's that's another really amazing thing about our show is and i feel personally blessed that surrounded by the creme when it comes to you know to to, to, to music but to this genre of music in particular um you know we've always really you know pride ourselves on on making the song sound the way that they were recorded and and bring it across with our own little personal twist um and having damon on piano you know he's just he's the best in town really when it comes to not only that genre but 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 piano in general but just just kills it we've got as you mentioned trent on on slap double bass which just brings that vibe to it adrian on that guitar he gets that tone and he gets that playing and adam's Adam Coe is such a versatile drummer. He just eats up every, you know, every different requirement that's needed with percussion, with, with the song. So it's just, you know, that was awesome, Damon. Yeah, thanks. Nice yeah, that was great, Damon. I mean, that's, it, it's a nice thing to say, but it is so true that, um, you know, when we get off stage, we're always so excited about each other's energy. And Adrian and I particular, particularly always talk to each other. I say, man, I loved what you did there. And, him and I will will change things up uh, ever so differently, and um, and we always talk about it. And you know, Dave does his solo, couple of solo songs there, and I do one. And it's it, it is really good. The musicianship is fantastic. It's we're lucky to have that, you know, because we've been in other bands where it doesn't exist to the point where you feel comfortable enough to say, "Wow, yeah, that was just incredible," you know. And it, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it sure is, and. And obviously, you mentioned that largely this this group's been together for almost the, the ten year mark as a, yeah. Yeah. As a conglomerate together, which yeah. is which is incredible in today's um, today's world and how fast paced everything is that you've been able to keep that together. So, when was the last show you played? Now, pre pre COVID, or did you get one in in between all these lockdowns? Fourteenth of Feb to twenty twenty was the last gig Valentine's Day. At- was that Portland's? Yeah, Portland Art. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, Portland Art Center. Yeah. Uh no, it wasn't. It was Mount Beauty. It was Mount Beauty. Oh yeah, oh, right. Beauty. Up near Dettering. Up near Dettering, Kiowa yeah. Valley. Yeah, it's Kiowa. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, beautiful part of the world. So we did look. It, it's amazing. It's a, that's a, that was our last gig. So it's something like I think I worked it out the other day, five hundred and sixty odd days. I think since since we've been in the room together. Um, Dave, <laughs> and and this this recent we're, we're actually going to be in the room together last Thursday night for the first time in eighteen months. And Dan put on the ban, and um, we we're unable to do that. So, you know, we we really hope that this lockdown comes out Thursday, and we're able to do our scheduled shows, which are on on next Saturday and Sunday. Um, because if not, then you know, we go through the whole rigmarole of a reschedule and and people missing out and yeah, it'd be it'd be a real shame. So we hope and for you know, we're Damon and I and the guys, we've all got our own personal original stuff going on too. So, you know, we just hope that things open up and we can keep keep 
performing. Yeah. How are things going with you, Dame? I, I, I get to speak to Dave a fair bit. How are things from a WA perspective? I've, I've been there a couple of years ago and I really enjoyed visiting. How are things over there? Like, I know we're fair two sides of the country, but how are things with the whole lockdown and all that with you guys? Well, we let him in, mate. We let him in. I don't know because, I, well, I mean, I'm not in WA now, um, but oh, initially okay. though, I was from WA. D- delete, go back. <laughs> no, but that's fair enough. I can yeah. tell you that, I mean, I was meant to be there three weeks ago and, and yep. couldn't go back, but my family's there, of course, so that was a bit of a blow not going back. Yep. But uh, I spoke to them tonight and they're um, – they're going out for my brother-in-law, uh, Chris Lambert, for his birthday. And, um, you know, it's they're doing pretty well. I mean, just when they said we're going out for dinner and they're going to this great Italian restaurant and you think, it just made me think, "Shes, we're in a lockdown again, you know, like you feel like you just want to go out and do that yourself. And so, in other words, they're doing pretty well. Um, you know what they do over there with uh, McGowan. He just sort of closes the border, the, the smell of a have a bit of journalistic crows coming through. They might have a case over there in Melbourne. Shut him down. Shut him down. You yeah, know, we, so we, we we try at times not to get political in this, but I look. I spoke to someone today, who, <coughs> a friend of both Aaron and I, just a couple of local couple. I think we all, and when I say we all, musicians, workers, whatever, we just would like a little bit of. S- Consistency and certainty. Mm. I yeah, know that's it's, simplifying it's, it's it. It's a hard thing to. It's a hard thing to do. But well, it's yeah, a hard that's, thing that's, to that's, do, and, and I mean, the you know, I keep hearing, and we all keep hearing that the idiom, and I've said this before, but you know, we're in the same boat, and I think it's got to the point now at the sixth lockdown, whereas we understand we are in very similar boats, but there's different sized vessels and different captains steering the bastard, and I think that you know, split ends, mate. I think we yeah. might be in split ends boat. You know what I mean? And so, and I, and I said to someone today, we went on this beautiful walk with a friend and I said, you know, I get it. I, uh, we are all in the same sort of sandwich. Um, but I do know a lot of people if they lost, you know, the amount of money that maybe myself or other people are losing in the industry as a creative. If you suddenly said, hey, we're going to take seven grand away from you if you're an accountant or what you are, I'm sure that they would be going, what? Well, how do I get that back? You know, the first step you do is try and get that back. But it's very difficult um, in some ways because now they've stopped actually rebooking in some places, particularly Perth. They're not going to rebook because they're worried about having interstate artists coming over and, you know, not being able to come over. And then they have an empty theatre that night. So there are many, many problems with the situation. So we just hope that people do the right thing and, you know, uh, bloody... Just do the right thing. <laughs> no, it is simple. Just do the right thing. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of variables, isn't there? I didn't know. <laughs> I, I just, because in doing the 50 episodes we've done, to me, I listening to Dave, listening to Damon, Joyce, all the different people we've had on, my heart, and I know yours does well as, like you introduced me back into the live music scene. My heart bleeds for them because I listen to these people and they're not what you consider your famous musicians, for want of a better word. They are your yeah. normal run-of-the-mill people trying to make a living. And I think, it's yes, they're in the same boat, but as you, as you said, Damien, it's a different boat. So I, I want to 
by being a part of this, I hope that helps them. Yeah, I think it does. I said before, yeah. you guys have done such a great job and it's a conduit that allows us to reach out, allows you to reach out as well. And and um, and that's a beautiful thing. You know, it's one thing that I think would be a great thing for, for more people to, to try and understand is that there are people that are musicians and creatives and they're not all at Beyonce's level. But some people hmm. think, that if you're not at that level, then you're, you're failing as a musician. But there's different levels of being a musician, being a creative, like there is being a plumber or anything else. So um, yeah. all those people um, are losing out in some way. And there's there's not a lot of ways for us to financially gain, um, you know, get money back. So, But it, it will change and hopefully it will get stronger and, um, and we'll be all better off, you know. In, in 50 years, um, in 2063, when the lockdown ceases. Thanks, um, <laughs> we'll that old right. again. Yeah. In 93 by then. Would it be Hopefully time for another song, maybe? Yeah. You can do what that, was that? If you want. What was that? I think it might be time for another song. Bloody oath. Who's up? Are Am we I up? We... Dave. Dave. As long as Dave can do another one. I don't care. Oh, if I don't do that. That's all right. Here's um, here's a, here's a, another bit. Uh, you know, arguably that you say Elvis is the biggest. Before I say anything, either of you guys recognise it. I'm not going to do one of his songs, but I just thought I'd play this. You can't play Damo because you know the answer. Anyone watching can play. Before you put it up, can I? Is my buzzer my name? What do I have to use? Is a buzzer? No, no. It just just you, you just just talk. Who, who do you reckon I'm that sorry. is? Wouldn't be this guy, would it? Yep. Who? Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dave didn't even know that version of the dude. Is it, is it the man in is it the man in black? Here's the test back, Dave. Who's this guy? Oh, yeah. that's nice. That's nice. That's our guitarist Adrian White by the looks of it. <laughs> Great shot. Is it the man uh, in black? Yeah, and that that is the big O. Big o. Look at him. Was wasn't he oh. cute? Wasn't he Boy. cute? He was, and a lot of people don't haven't haven't looked back and seen an old catalogue of of the Big O and see what he really looked like underneath those big glasses that we kind of remember from so many years. But That's he was right. a good and, and he's remembered he's remembered for those big ballads for Pretty Woman and Only the Lonely. But he's yep. you know he started at Sun Records playing um, you know like Hey baby, jump over here when you do the ruby dooby. I just got a Disney movie dooby. So he's doing sort of rockabilly rock and roll stuff. He was, you know, and then he got this ballad fever and went on. But, you know, he recorded his debut single there at at, at, at Sun Records, as did this guy here. You touched on him, cuz. A bit of the man in black, eh? Um, probably the second biggest name to maybe come out of Sun Records, Johnny Cash. <laughs> Train a coming, it's a rolling around the band. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when, but I'm stuck in Folsom Prison. Time keeps dragging on, and I hear that whistle blowing on down a sand. And when I was just a baby. My mother told me, son, always be a good boy. Don't ever play with guns. But I shot a man in Reno just to watch him die. When I hear that whistle blowing 
Drinking coffee and smoking big cigars. Well, I know I had it coming. I know I can't be free. But those people keep on moving, and that's what tortures me. Yeah. Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues. Good on you, Leo, Dave. That's beautiful, Dave. <laughs> Mate, that was gold, Dave. Gold. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, he's a beauty, Johnny Cash. I didn't write the song, mate. I do Absolutely. sometimes refer to our colleague in the top right corner as Johnny Cash because he does like to wear black a fair bit. He does. He's a beauty. Dave special. That's a great, great photo. And and just to just to interject by saying that Adrian White, our guitar player, uh, does all the Johnny Cash songs in the show. So you get a variety of me singing and Damon singing and everyone sings, actually. Adrian has a sing and Adam has a bit of a sing and Trent gets in there with a little bit of a tricky bloody sing. So it's good fun. Yeah, it is. That's that's fantastic. I um, really look forward to seeing one of these. Uh, hope, fingers crossed, fingers crossed. I think we're all super hopeful that we could pull this together in in a week's time. Yeah. Um, but I suppose we all need to be sadly realistic that it may not happen. And mm, what do you reckon? What's, what's, what's the go? Do we go? What, what, if you had to make a call well, now, let's not harp on cars. I don't want a start. I want a thesis. I want a like. Are we coming out Thursday? <laughs> Or I'll be showing another week or two. You're not reading the uh, news, cuz. Give me an answer. Okay. Answer? No. No what? We're not coming out on Thursday. All right. Day, mate. But well, next Sunday, you're all on the show, the though, the whole band. I think you're right. I don't think that it's going to happen because based on what's happened in lockdown five, and <laughs> four was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> 
four was pretty good because it just went really you know, we did our five days and that was it but we'll have to wait and see yesterday's numbers were not too flash so uh we've still got a bit of time till thursday 11 today is a little bit more optimistic though isn't it surely um, yeah, just hope. particularly because they were isolated cases or in isolation and stuff as far as I saw. But, I mean, you know, I'm not Brett Sutton, um, so I can't tell you exactly. Thank God. <laughs> yeah. what, are you, what are you reckon, actually, We might believe you, Damo. We might believe you. I'm not really as handsome as All Brett right, Sutton. Aaron, don't, be, you don't get political again, mate. Come on. Let's be nice. Right, okay. what, do you, what do you reckon, um, Ed? Look, it's a tough challenge, no doubt, for everyone. I'd like to see... It look, it's looking like that it's in regions or areas. I would love to see they open, start opening some doors and keep the western side locked down. Being a northern suburbs boy, I think we could make um, we could make a gig happen out this way. And, and to be quite selfish, I hope they leave the borders locked for a little while because we keep all those great Melbourne musicians in Melbourne playing gigs. We've just got to open our Melbourne venues. And just a shout out, not only to our artists that we touched on before, but all the venues that are all doing it tough just as tough as well from everyone from the cleaner to the food chefs to the guy pulling beers. Um, yeah, true. You know, it's, it's not an easy exercise at the moment for anyone, but as, yeah. as a punter, uh, at a venue, as a punter at a venue, um, the reschedule thing, it's kind of become the new norm. Um, but it's really hard to get artists and, and most importantly, um, you know the whole show together, and and what you've got is is an entire show that you you got to try and do the entire logistics on, and that's not easy. And and to do it in one venue is is a tough gig. You really got to get it on the road and get multiple shows under your belt, um, where you can actually start to make a few bucks. So just tell us a little bit about that 50s, 60s scene, and what's that really like in in Melbourne and Australia? Where have you really found it that it really connects most mostly out of all the one shows you've done so far? And Coolagatta was pretty amazing. There's a yeah. There's definitely a scene in every you yeah. know in every every state. There's a scene whether it's the rockabilly scene or the rock and roll dance scene. Um, there's definitely a scene, and they they come together a few times a year, be it the Coolangatta uh, Rock and Roll Festival or Grease Fest or you know there's a couple of others that happen. Um, we've been a part of a few and they've all been, they've all been a pretty good scene to be part of. There's not, not one really that particularly stands out. There's just a, you know, and, and they're right into it. They're into it. Um, having said that again, the, the, the thing with this show is it just, it, it goes beyond. It's, it's, it's amazing how many even teens we see at our show that are starting to wanting to listen to this music and to learn about it. And clearly baby boomers or anyone in their fifties onwards, 60s onwards has got probably a closer affiliation with the music having but having lived through the era somewhat so they're reliving their their youth or whatever it is that they're doing but the connection that it has this music has is it's quite phenomenal it's interesting you say that about the 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 teens in that dave that you get coming to these things i my eldest son's eight nearly 18 younger son's 13 now I'm not a super fan, but The Voice is on tonight. Now, the first singer on The Voice tonight came out, a 52-year-old man from South Australia, um, played, started playing the harmonica and started singing Credence Clearwater Revival song. Yeah. Um, His voice and all that. Both my sons knew the song because they heard it. On there a, you go. And they knew the song. They go, oh, that's that song. 
straight away. Which to oh, yeah. me, how good's yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. yeah and that's yeah. the same. Yeah. I think you get with the Elvis thing and that. <clears throat> you hear it and they go, "Oh, Dad, that's that old song that you listen to on Goal One Hundred Four. But it's a great <laughs> yeah. song still. Yeah, the old Dad's channel, eh? Goal One Hundred Four channel. <laughs> um, mind you, when I was growing up, Gold One Hundred Four played. You know, yeah. gen, genuine fifties and sixties. Now, Gold One Hundred Four is the eighties and nineties. Or well, they're, still, sorry, they're playing Pearl Jam now. There you go. Yeah. Was it 3XY <laughs> that played with Greg Evans, played it back in the early 80s for me? Yeah, and that yeah, was yeah. The, That, that was yeah. the hot station where the hot songs yeah. were played. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we can't wait to see big shows out in venues like this uh, once again. How awesome oh, would that oh, have oh. been to see? Hey, I'll, that show you, I'll show you something. That, uh, uh, killer shot. He's Mr. Props, isn't he? So, Damien, <laughs> while he's moved, while he's moved away for a sec, just while he's moved away for a sec, when he comes Props. back with his, once he gets himself on on the screen, when Dave brings back his prop, mate, we'd yeah. love to do another so song this, from you too, buddy. This is another photo taken from that day, which was the Welcome Back to Tupelo um, big bloody festival they had for the King. They welcomed me back uh, to the, the fairground at the fairground there, Damo. And uh, so that's another photo from another perspective. And this bit of timber, this bit of wood, is from that from that stand that you can see in the background there. This, this stand here. Fantastic. Fantastic. Hey, what do you reckon about that? What do you reckon that's about good. that? What do you got for us, Damo? Just before you do, oh. Damo, I just want to touch on, <laughs> before you like do, that. I just want to touch on... Uh, one of the comments that came all the way from Canada this morning uh, that desperately wanted to get up and, and see this show, who's a massive uh, 50s fan, and just wanted to know that it's not a backdrop that Dave's got behind him. It's actually the real deal and a real venue. Uh, not a venue. Uh, it's a shed with uh, with some awesome uh, memorabilia, a shed. I must admit. <laughs> it's a bit more than a shed, I must admit, Dave, isn't it? It's a, Man, it's, 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 a, it's, a, oh, it's, a it's a soundproof. It's a, well, speaking of sunrising, this is where we've rehearsed for 10 years. We rehearse in this, it's a little soundproof space that I built, you know, about 15 years ago. Um, and this is where, this is where, yeah, we rehearse and play music. Yeah, it's awesome. And also Damo's little setup down there, um, we had the pleasure of having Damo on um, probably early in the piece, to be honest. Damien, I can't remember which uh, which show it was, but it was fairly early, and it was a great yeah, like Sunday afternoon. About yeah. a year ago or something. Yeah, it's gone. Time's definitely flown past. Um, <laughs> Don't say you. That seems make a sense. Yeah, it June, was. It was, it was June, a while. It was May. May. Everything's June. been on the slow. Yeah, but what I would definitely want you to do is check out sunrising.com. Um, that Sunrising Australia, mind you, and uh, that's where all the details are in relation to the show and about Dave and Damon and the rest of the crew. And fingers crossed, one of these gigs can happen 14th or 15th of August. We're all crossing fingers, toes, and all sorts of things to see if we can get this yeah. happening. Um, if not, guys, when's is there been one planned into further into into more dates than that? Well, yeah, we're heading back to that. Um, we're heading back to Yay. Uh, to do a show, but I mean, obviously, it doesn't help us out in the city. But I would think that we'll be good with Mimo. Um, we'll definitely have uh, another date. 
um, if this one doesn't go yeah. ahead, and hopefully yeah. the drum as well. So there'll be something before the end of the year. But then again, we don't know if there's going to be a lockdown or some sort of a typhoon that comes through and takes us all. But we'll, we'll see. It'd <laughs> you know, be hopeful, right? Yep. Absolutely. Touch, just just touch before wood. you play, just before touch you play, wood. one last one to take us out, <laughs> um, Damo. Oh, I just want to touch on another place you can catch up with Dave. Dave Cosma, DavidCosma.com, and also DamonMarkSmith.com. So, boys, You're a good man, man, everyone, make sure You're you a get good out man, and You're a good check man. out these artists. If As, not, again, go, sorry, Damo, we do want to hear a song from you. I'm not going to yeah, ask Dave from because he, he knows the question. Every guest we've had on the show, but I know you've been on the show before. Did we ask you, now I understand what legends went through Sun Records, have you had the dinner question? Me or Dave? You're having a dinner party? You can invite yeah. five people to dinner. Right. You. Now let's, because we're talking about Sun Studios, who well, would you I like wanna, to invite? Do I have to say Sun Studio people, or is this generally like people that I? I would just thought, in, in in light of what we're doing with Sun Studio, okay, because because I was going to say that I wouldn't have any Sun guys on it just because there's so many other incredible people in the world that have inspired me. But I'm going to do. Uh, that's not because they're not any better, but you know. I don't know if they're overly interesting people at a dinner party. I don't know if like they're going to entertain me. So, but I reckon Jerry Lee would be entertaining. So he could be there. Um, Absolutely. There Beautiful. he is. There. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now I reckon. I reckon Johnny. Cash, He's quick, obviously. isn't he? He's quick. Johnny Cash would be good. We've got a Johnny yep, Cash. There there go. Go. Same one as before. As can you reckon? Get us another different one. Jeez. Sorry about that. We're going to the tape. You'd have to have Howl and Wolf there and you'd have to get like a pretty big chair for him because he was Ooh. a big, big man. He was a big man, wasn't he? Yeah, There's yeah, a picture yeah. of his shoe where he's, he had to cut the, the end of his uh, shoe out so the toes could poke through. Um, have a look at Dave guy. in the top corner. He's about to go to the, the pops. What do you got for us, Dave? No. He's about to pull out Howl and Wolf's shoe and he's going <laughs> <laughs> to show you the no. shoe. We've got two to come. No shoe. Uh, the Sun Rising, um, Sun Rising, Sun Records. Um, I, I reckon that you'd probably have. Uh, I got to say Elvis, don't I? I can't not say Elvis. There we go. Let's have. Oh, there's a Wolfie. We can't miss the Wolf. The Wolf. Let's, little, let's give it Elvis. The wolf it's king. The King. Now, right. no pressure, mate. You've got one spot left at the table. Well, it would have to be Sam Phillips. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you've, got, you've got me again now. <laughs> He's in trouble now. He's got nothing for you. List. I didn't get the list. You have to be Sammy Phillips. <laughs> the most important man, Dishon. Damien, I know. just on that, boy. Why Dave and I laugh? Oh, what am I doing? Because, what am I doing? <laughs> because Aaron loves to make make fun of me all the time. This right. is the, the only time he's not going too well. There it is. Sam Phillips. Oh, there he is. Yeah. We'll leave that one to you, Dave. Well, that's good. Yeah, that's a look at that. Have him is. come to your dinner party. Excellent. Or that one. Yeah. Ooh. Might even be the same shot. It is the same. Perfect. Oh, it looks like the same shot. Yeah. But it, just oh. on that, I mean, how how awesome would the energy of this room be? Oh, oh yeah. Can you imagine? Oh, like that is the ultimate for me. Like what a great. Uh, Aaron, like that that photo there was there was a couple of versions of that. You can find different. That's the main one. 
and you probably know this, but over on the other side of the piano was a um, a showgirl um, that Elvis was working with in Vegas. You'll see it here, and you can see her. She's on the other side of the piano. Yep. And they cropped it, so they cropped it when it went into the uh, into the paper. Um, right. But I, I quite I liked finding that out because it was interesting because they're all looking at something and they're all something's going on. Um, yeah, but of course, you know, she wasn't important in the 50s and let's uh, crop times. Her out and just have a whole bunch of blokes in there. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know. But yeah, what a moment in time. Hello to our female audience, by the way, too. They're very important to all of us. I think Louisa was tuning in and Naomi was there. I think Sophie was there. There was a few people tuning in, which is nice. Just great. It was. What else would you be doing on a lockdown Sunday night before? Seriously. Before homeschooling tomorrow. <laughs> it, it wasn't a trick question. Now, Damien, apologies for all the interjections. Please Let's get a song, mate. What a song. I just wish I had some sort of, before when Dave showed you that, um, you called it a prop, that he's bit of wood that he got from up the road and pretends that it came from Memphis. Well, that bit of wood. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> oh, no, it is from Memphis. I was thinking... When you said, hey, come on, you got to do one now, I thought you meant I had to give you a prop, and I don't have anything like that. <laughs> but I do But I do have some chewing gum that mm-hmm. I took off. Uh, John Farnham threw it on the ground, and I went and grabbed it. And then just as I went to grab it, uh, just a punter stepped on it, and I had to follow this guy, no joke, over the road. He got into a taxi. I followed the taxi. Eventually, <laughs> I found the guy, took it off his shoe, and I still have that, that gum from John Farnham. Beautiful. It's pretty amazing. And uh, I'd have him at a dinner party too, I reckon. (laughs) Six people. Is that allowed? To your dinner party, mate. What do you want? The voice? The voice? Or do you want a bit of... uh... What about about Sadie, the cleaning lady? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Hello to John, by the way. Elton John, did you say? No, hello to John. He's a big fan of the show. Oh, I'm going to do uh, Lucky Old Son. This is a song that uh, Jerry... Oh, yes. And um, one of the best versions I've ever heard of this song, because it is an incredibly beautiful song. Uh, One of the great versions is by Johnny Cash, and it's on the Rick Rubin America series, American series. I I can't remember which one it is, but um, Jerry Lee's solo piano version is great as well. Up in the morning, out on the job, I work like a devil for my pay. While the lucky old son has got nothing to do, he just rolls around all day.
<laughs> Thanks for keeping the neighbours up. Uh, oh, I think yeah. it's well done, mate. the most awesome part about that is this is the 50th show and this is the only show that Cuz hasn't fallen asleep in. So, boys, that is a massive effort, a massive oh, effort. See what I mean? He just can't help himself, can he? You just can't be upbeat. you just got to be nasty. But that's okay. I'm a bigger person. Probably says lovely things to you on the uh, other side of the camera. I'm not sure. There he goes. The bombers is going on. Let's now. get amongst it, Dave. Let's just get amongst it again. <laughs> 1964. Right. Long time ago. It was. It was. Melbourne last one we're, uh, well, given tonight, we're all living in the past and we're talking about <laughs> the past and we'll never forget We'll never forget the 50s, Elvis and his nice. crew. Uh, that have come along for the ride, and long may it continue. And boys, uh, a massive effort keeping those vibes happening. And look forward to seeing you at the next big show, Dave. I know you've got um, a tribute Tuesday coming up, honouring the great Elvis. Hopefully, That's yeah, this, yeah. Hopefully that happens, mate. That might be one of the first gigs out of lockdown. Um, yeah, that might Let's happen. Hope. Let's hope. And Damon, hopefully. I can see you at somewhere like the Ragtime Bar or somewhere like that and, and yeah. doing your thing. Right? So we really look forward to it. Just, just let us yeah, know and keep us, keep us in touch with what's happening and we will spread our little network um, out to as many people as we can. And we look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. Thanks for joining us. On Thanks so much, Aaron. Thanks really a lot, boys. Great show. Thanks for coming. Good, good to, good to Thanks, see guys. you three. Good to see you three. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Yep. No worries. All good. See, see you, guys. Bye. ta -da.